0: because I knew that that was another thing that I was battling, that I kind of knew that I was different. You know, I wasn't attracted to, you know, girls in my class. Um, So I felt like I really just suppressed that for so many years and kind of got to the point where, you know, I had no feeling towards anyone. And, you know, I I knew that that definitely wasn't right. So I did come out um, in 2018 as gay. Um, I actually done it in a very weird way. I went on a television show.
1: When it comes to your career, there really is no one formula for success. And if someone had asked me 20 years ago what career I would be working in today, I doubt I would have said employer branding, a career that didn't even exist at the time. Some of the best stories I've ever heard didn't follow a plan. They simply embraced the journey. And that's why I've created this podcast, to share the many career stories that have shaped the people behind them. To encourage future generations to trust more in the process, instead of stressing over getting it right the first time. I'm Steve, and welcome to the My Career Story podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the My Career Story podcast. From me, your host, Steve Keith. Now, today's guest is Michael Gunning. Michael is an international competitive swimmer, having attended two World Swimming Championships. He holds dual Jamaican and British citizenship and is the current national record holder for the 200 metre butterfly and the 200 and 400 metre freestyle events. Hello, Michael. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. No, thank you for having me on and sharing my story.
1: I'm excited to hear more, so I'm going to launch straight in and say, Michael, what is your career story?
0: So I started swimming when I was about four years old. Um, You know, my family are not really strong swimmers, so they really wanted to just push me in the water, get me swimming, get me learning. You know, I went on many holidays when I was young. When I was young, I was very, very lucky. And, um, you know, luckily I learned to swim and I could kind of just look after myself in the water and go in in the sea. And, you know, I never imagined in a million years that I would kind of swim to an international level that, you know, hopefully be going for the Olympic Games. So, you know, I was just learning to swim and a swimming teacher actually saw me and said that I should move to a swimming club so I kind of worked my way up through a swimming club kind of got the county level got the regional level got to national level and then obviously hit the international level and I kind of have a very strange story compared to everyone else because I um, have I've got dual nationality you know back as a junior I used to represent Great Britain and now I represent Team Jamaica so I'm extremely lucky that I've you know, represented both of my nationalities at the highest level of sport and you know I'm just hoping to go on to this summer uh, at the Olympic Games. Amazing
1: and how I mean it's great that you're doing what you're doing but when you were first spotted was that were there any other ambitions that you had career-wise or had you kind of already tapped into that swimming piece?
0: Yeah you know I think I love swimming because I love the sport you know I love challenging myself I loved you know, the holding the breath element, because obviously you can do any sport and be able to breathe. But I thought for like swimming, it's just a whole new level where actually you've got to hold your breath. You've got to be able to float and get your body from one side of the pool to the other. So mm-hmm. I did really like the challenge. Um, you know, I did do lots of other sports like football and, you know, that. <laughs> basketball badminton but i think swimming was the one that was just so different it was so much out of my comfort zone and Uh yeah i just went down that path and um just love winning medals i think that was the drive for me i wanted to win as many medals as i possibly could and take it into school to show everybody
1: (laughs) i love it what's what's that moment like when you're standing on a podium and you've got a medal
0: oh it is amazing feeling you know because Swimming, you know, you train before school, you train after school. You know, I remember setting, you know, the 4.30 a.m. alarms every morning. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, it's hard because obviously then my mum would take me off to school and I'd be at school all day and then do it all again in the evening. So I think it is a big commitment. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you're standing on that podium and you've got the medals to kind of prove you're successful and, you know, you can show them round. it is an amazing sense of achievement.
1: And what sort of um, questions do you get asked by uh, young people when you're showing them those medals then? Because you're, you're obviously a very inspiring person and somebody that a lot of people look up to. So what, what kind of things do, what, what do other people get nosy
0: about? Yeah, I think the questions that I get asked a lot is how much did I sacrifice? Uh I think everyone knows about having kind of a balanced lifestyle when you're younger. And, you know, they think that to be successful and to be good at sport, you have to not go to any parties. You're not allowed to socialize. You've Mm -hmm. just got to train and you know crack on. But actually, you know, I did go to lots of parties. I did kind of have that social element of my youth. Um, But I think, you know, there's always that fine line of, you know, t- not going to absolutely everything, you know, not missing training so many times and just making mm. sure that, you know, I'm trying to eat the right foods to be able to swim as fast as I possibly can. Yeah.
1: And what, where, does, where does your sexuality come into this? Because the, the theme of this season is LGBTQ. And I know that I first saw you speaking as part of um, the Work Pride event for my G Work last year. So talk us through that, your journey as a, as a gay man.
0: Yeah. So, you know, when I was younger, I think, you know, being a person of colour, I think a lot of people were questioning me swimming, you know, let alone anything else. And they always told me that black people don't swim, that I should kind of do athletics and kind of go through that route. But, you know, I knew that swimming was something that I loved. But, you know, I think being told that and being questioned so young just about swimming, I think made me really suppress my sexuality because I knew that that was another thing that, I was battling. I kind of knew that I was different. You know, I wasn't attracted to, you know, girls in my class. Um, so I felt like I really just suppressed that for so many years and kind of got to the point where, you know, I had no feeling towards anyone. And, you know, I, I knew that that definitely wasn't right. So I did come out um, in 2018 as gay um, I actually done it in a very weird way. I went on a television show <laughs> called The By Life. And um, it was just a show where, you know, there were six people in the villa and we could go on different dates with, you know, men and women to really find out, you know, what we preferred, what we liked, what our journey was. You know, because for me, I've never been on a date. And I think because, you know, I kind of lost that feeling towards having a relationship and, you know, being with someone, I think I did question, you know, my label. You know, I didn't really want to label myself. So, Mm. you know, going on the show made me... 100% 100% know that you know I was attracted to guys that you know women you know just didn't as much as they're amazing they're beautiful it just wasn't the same way as guys and I think I was a little bit scared to do you know to come out and to kind of obviously do that in sport but you know I think one of the things that I've learned in swimming is that I'm you know to be myself and to be my happy bubbly self on poolside you know I think there's always that that stereotype that you've got to be macho that you've got to be intimidating and scary but i've never lived by that i've always been happy smiling and when i walk out to crowds i always smile every time and um you know i thought actually my sexuality is a part of that and um i got to a stage you know when i was 22 that i was happy to come out and um yeah i've done it in the best way possible
1: and how's the reception been is it been generally positive have you had any kind of challenges along the way
0: Oh really positive you know I think you know walking around poolside lots of people you know feel like they're in the same boat as me you know kind of walking around in not much clothes around poolside all the time I think people are worried about you know people treating them differently or looking at them in a certain way but you know I think I just normalized it Um, you know because the show was kind of aired all around the world it was just so nice to get such a good response from you know all different countries and obviously there is the twist that I represent Jamaica now and, um, you know, Jamaica so it doesn't have all the laws accepted for, you know, for being gay and for being LGBT. So I think I've still got a long barrier to cross. And, you know, I'm really enjoying kind of just making people see that it's OK to be LGBT and that you can mm-hmm. you know represent at the highest level of sport.
1: Yeah. And and so that fingers crossed, we've got Tokyo 21 this year. Um I'm, I mean, I can imagine that you must be super excited for another Olympics coming. I've been a massive Olympics fan for a number of years. A lot of my friends will, will say when it was 2012 in London, I probably went a bit mental and lost myself. and I may have even tried to become an athlete in many ways but, <laughs> um, and failed miserably. But yeah. Um, When, um, so in terms of how we're living right now with COVID, if you're representing um, Jamaica, if this hadn't been upon us, would you have been training there or is the UK your training base all the time?
0: Yeah, no, I've always been based in the UK. Um, You know, I live and train here and, um, you know, I visit Jamaica occasionally, but, you know, not, You know, not a lot throughout the year, just because obviously the more you travel, the more that Mm -hmm. your body has to adjust the time zones and everything. And we travel enough for competition anyway. Um, But, you know, I think with the whole pandemic, obviously, you know, we have the elite athletes that are training and I am classed under that. So I'm very lucky that I'm still able to swim and train for the games. But, you know, I haven't, I'm not as well protected as, you know, some of the British swimmers because, you know, they're all training together in a the centre. They're all getting, you know, regular testing. Whereas for me, I'm having to swim on my own um, in an isolated pool, you know, with no coach and you know, just try and get the job done, really. So I think it's had its challenges. Um, you know, I've definitely hit some low times mentally this lockdown. I feel like all the other lockdowns, I've managed to, you know, stay positive and keep that smile on my face. But this one has been a lot tougher. But, you know, we're very, very close to the games now. And, you know, I think everyone behind the scenes is praying it's going to go ahead. Obviously, I've Mm. trained for so long for this goal to come true. So, you know, deep down, I'm praying it goes ahead too. But um, yeah, I'm just making sure that everything I'm doing is in my power and that I'm ready to race if it goes ahead. Excellent
1: and what does your training regime involve especially when you're in the run-up to an Olympic event?
0: Yeah I think it's just consistency you know like making sure that the times I do in training are matching what I've what I would do any other year but you know Mm. making sure that I'm going faster um you know which for me like without a coach you know I'm trying to time myself and you know it is quite difficult but my coach is sending me all my sessions and You know, I'm confident. I think the one thing that I'm missing is race and experience. You know, normally in an Olympic year, you would go away, you'd race in different competitions and kind of see Mm. where you are compared to the rest of the world. But obviously with the travel restrictions, I haven't been able to do that. But, um, you know, I'm staying positive. Everyone is in the same boat. So I know that, you know, I think that's what's getting me through knowing that everyone is kind of in it together and we're, we're embracing this new world that we're living in.
1: Yeah, totally. And what do you do when you're not swimming, Michael?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Not much.
1: (laughs) Not much at the moment, but usually.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I do love, you know, going to different events, LGBT events. I do love meeting new people. I'm a proper people's person. And I love hugging people, which is obviously going to be all changing in the future, unfortunately. Um, But, you know, just I love hearing people's story. And it's kind of a little bit like what you do, you know, just getting inspired by people's story and, you know, continuing and spreading that in inspirational stories because it's it makes you feel good you know and hopefully this is what no this will do
1: yeah you're right it does and i think with the lgbtq um community as well i've seen it move forward um a lot in the time that i've been out as well so the last what 12 13 years but it hasn't moved that far when you look in the grand scheme of things that shows like it's a sin and everything out at the moment that are showing kind of the real dark side of our community as well. Is there anything that you get frustrated about within the LGBT community that you wish you could solve?
0: Um, I just think, you know, stereotyping. I think obviously me being a black swimmer, I've been stereotyped, you know, of not being able to swim, of not being Mm. as successful as everyone else. And, you know, I think the stereotype of, you know, just gay people, you know, I think a lot of people think that, you know, all gay people will have HIV, will have AIDS. And I think it was so, you know, I watched It's a Sim and I was an absolute emotional wreck. I've never seen anything like that before. <laughs> yeah. Um, But I think, you know, that really shows, I think if allies and, you know, just the whole population, you know, managed to watch something like that, it will really show people that, you know, this is what we're facing. This is no this is what life is and you know doesn't mean that every gay person has hiv but it just shows how easy it is to spread and you know that obviously resonates with covid19 you know like how easy it is that you know you don't even know that you can spread it but obviously the whole world is currently battling with this pandemic so i think it's such a good perspective and I think it's really encouraged me especially this month to carry on educating myself because even I don't know what you know what happened in the 1980s and Hmm. in the past and obviously people that have fought for us to have LGBT rights so um it's definitely inspired me
1: yeah and who who do you have in your life that supports you um there's great examples in the show isn't there there for example of Jill who's there for Richie and everything who are your Jills who are the the people who've got your
0: back I'm so lucky because I feel like I have such a big, you know, network of people that I can go to, Um, you know, back when I came out originally, I had Tom Daly. He was, he's a diver and he kind of was so open about his sexuality and kind of allowed me to confide in him a lot and, you know, to come out to him and he opened my eyes to the whole LGBT community and, you know, Soho in London. So um, that was really nice. But I think now I just confide in all my friends, you know, I'm kind of an open book if i'm feeling down if i'm feeling you know a little bit low in myself i would tell them you know i would tell my instagram followers because i think it's so important to you know just be open because you know if you're trying to suppress something you know sometimes you should always have that support so you know i tell my best friends becky and harry and yeah just have those amazing conversations
1: yeah and you're based in manchester aren't you am i getting that right yeah so uh, before everything started to happen what's what's the scene like in Manchester do you have any kind of intel for people that might be listening and think I mean I myself am hoping to move to Manchester later on in the year um but um for anybody that's I think one of the issues that I see quite a lot um in our community is that people move to big cities because it's where they feel safer in the community even though cities aren't necessarily the safest places but there is a community that you can go and join it was certainly my case when i first moved to london back in 2006 what does manchester offer for for a gay person
0: yeah well i'm gonna be totally honest i haven't actually been out in manchester (laughs) i've been out for meals but i haven't been out out but um you know, I know that there is a big community in Manchester because, you know, I do see it. Lots of people, you know, do invite me to different things. And I actually think, you know, whether it's London, whether it's Manchester, there is still that community there for you. And I'm so excited to get out there. And, you know, to, I've never been to heaven to go to heaven for the first time and just experience Manchester for what it is because, you know, I've been out in London. I haven't really been, you know, as much to the gay scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think that's definitely what I've got to look forward
1: to in my future yeah and talking of the future kind of what other things do you have you you, I, I would position you as somebody who's very inspirational but probably very ambitious as well so what else have you got kind of in your in your goals for your career
0: Yeah, you know, I do love inspiring. And I think, you know, I love all the TV work that I've been a part of. And, you know, I'd love to kind of get into a bit of TV presenting and stuff in the future. Um, I have a big passion for educating. And I would love to be, you know, to work on some children's entertainment, I think. Um, I can see you as a TV
1: presenter. I think you'd make a good TV (laughs) presenter.
0: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, I just love, if I can share my story, if I can share, you know, my positivity, then that is what I love to do. And, um, you know, I've seen, you know, when I was in school, in primary school, I saw how much the teachers and, you know, children's entertainment really resonated with me. And I'd love to show people, you know, whether they're black, whether they're gay, whether they're just the box standards, like that you can be absolutely anything, can, can set your mind to achieve anything.
1: And you're, you're obviously a role model yourself, as I've said a couple of times. Who are your role models in your life? Who do you look up to?
0: Oh, you know, I think in swimming, obviously the Michael Phelps and the mm. Ryan Lochte's of the pool. Um, but I think kind of later life, I've really opened up to Mark Foster, um, you know, and he never felt able to come out as gay when he was, you know, in competing and in swimming. Yeah. Um, but now, you know, speaking to him, he said, looking back, he would have loved to have been in, in a position to do kind of what i done and, come out whilst competing because of the amount of people that he would have inspired um, and that he is inspiring now so I think you know Mark has really showed me that you know I'm kind of going the right path I'm doing the right thing and you know by being my authentic me you know I am inspiring those swimmers those athletes around the world so he's he's been a massive part of that
1: Great. And um, thinking about career, I, what I tend to do with guests is ask them kind of about moments that stand out for them. So I'm talking about peaks and troughs here. So, which would you like to start with? The career highlights or the career kind of troughs, if there are I any? Will there may start not be.
0: With the trough. <laughs> so t- tell me
1: about some of the challenges that you've had in your career then.
0: Yeah you know I think being an athlete you are so competitive you want to be at the top of your game every single time and it was in 2018 for me that I missed the Commonwealth Games team and I genuinely felt like my whole life had just fell off a cliff you know like that was the one thing that I was really excited for it was in Australia and you know I was told a month before you know flying out that I wasn't selected so you know I kind of went down into a spiral of know a little bit of depression and it really made me i stopped swimming for a little bit i had a few months out to really think about whether swimming was what i wanted to carry on doing and you know i know that everyone gets it sometimes in their workplace you know at some point in their career there is always that low and i think 2018 was definitely my lowest but coming on from that it led on to a massive positive because you know it kind of made me realize that i was ready to be myself i was ready i didn't want to suppress my sexuality anymore and it was in the summer of 2018 that I went on to the show and that mm-hmm. I could be surrounded in a villa with like-minded people that understood me, that would accept me for who I was. And yeah, I kind of lived that out by going on dates and, you know, opening up that honest conversation in the villa. So, and I think that is definitely one of the, high, the highest points in my life because I, I was fully really out, you know, I was fully, really, there was no more secrets. There was um, nothing that I was suppressing anymore. And it was an amazing feeling.
1: Yeah, I remember that feeling very well, although it's a good decade behind me now, so (laughs) showing showing my age there. Um, One of the things that I would like to ask you before I let you go, Michael, is the question that I ask every guest, and that is, what would be the career advice that you would give to people that are listening? Now, it can be general careers advice, or it can be specific to somebody you might identify with our community. It's completely up to you
0: well yeah I'm going to relate this answer to you know lots of people ask me about their you know coming out stories as well you know when would be the best time and you know I think with your career you know you always have high goals of when you want to achieve something of you know kind of a timeline but don't worry about the time you know there is no perfect time there is no stress of achieving a goal at a certain point I think You know, just live every day as it comes. And as long as you're still working towards your career, your goals, your, you know, your authentic you, I really think that, you know, time is just, you know, a little part of it. You know, you can achieve whatever you want at any part of your life. And they may come when you least expect them. Um, For me, definitely much, you know, I never thought I would kind of be where I am today. So I think just take each day at a time and, you know, never give up. Um, Obviously, I was very close to giving up swimming. But, you know, I would never have had a chance to, you know, go and qualify onto Olympic Games. So, mm. yeah, time, don't forget the timeline. Just focus on every day.
1: Great advice. I love it. Well, it's been wonderful talking to you, Michael, and learning more about your career story and about you as well. So thank you for your time today.
0: Oh, thank you for having me on and stay positive, everyone
1: absolutely and um, if you've enjoyed listening to today's episode then don't forget to subscribe leave a review and we'll be back next week with another guest on my career story bye for now